Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. I am Chad Simpson. I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Here at this podcast, our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. And today we had an excellent interview that Gian, you got to conduct. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. um, It's not every day that you get to talk to a big time um, Power 5 conference head coach. Um, And today I got the chance to talk to Coach Glenn Moore from Baylor Softball. He's been there at Baylor for 20 years. Um, and so he's built that program from, you know, a very good program to now top 20 in the country, um, very often getting to NCAAs. Um, and he has an interesting story. He actually played um, tight end in college. Um, and he's a big guy. You guys won't be able to see on video, but, but he's a big guy. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. And he even mentions that um, the dynamics between him and coaching softball players. Um, and he, at first, he started the softball program at William & Carey. That was how he started his career, his coaching career. And then he went to LSU and actually became an interim head coach at LSU while the team was in NCAA regionals, which is almost unheard of. Usually get a program that is, you take over a program and the program is not doing very well. But he became the interim head coach during NCAAs. Um, and then two years later, he went to Baylor, and now he's been there for 20 years. Um, we talked about a variety of topics. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most was the, the, the tactic that he uses to get the girls to open up about their lives, not just softball lives, but their personal lives. And that was very impactful, and that's something that every coach can apply it right away. And I really appreciated his, his vulnerability to just share things going on within his staff and within his family that I think really shed light into his heart uh, as a Christian coach. And uh, we don't want to waste any more time. Let's get right into this interview starting right now. Coach Moore, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We just want to go ahead and get right into it um, and ask you a power question of what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I'm a Christian and, and uh, being a coach is my platform. So an opportunity to uh, fulfill the, the great commission of Matthew 28 and uh, you know, lead others to Christ is uh, obsession with me. You know, when I was 11 years old, I uh, accepted Christ, and I remember the pastor talking about the uh, consequences to rejecting Christ, and and uh, it's it's been a long time ago, but it's still uh, very real in my heart um, that people need uh, Jesus, and uh, this is my platform. It's uh, an opportunity he's given me to reach young people and uh, camps and uh, with coaching our team as well as... Uh, opportunities like this so um you know i just consider it an honor to do something i love to do and uh fulfill the great commission um you're now at baylor for 20 years you've been there since 2000 um give us a little bit of the story from the moment you graduated in northwestern state to now you're a baylor and even include the fact that you did play football in college yeah. as well yeah, a few concussions ago and uh, <laughs> older equipment. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I grew up in South Mississippi in rural area. Liberty, Mississippi was my hometown and on a farm. And uh, 
you know, a lot of people stay in that area and not, not a many opportunities to leave. And I was fortunate enough to be blessed with enough talent, not overly talented, but enough talent to, to uh, get some recognition and have an opportunity to uh, get my education. And the school of choice was Northwestern State Demons. So uh, I was a Christian demon. And uh, <laughs> uh, there I met my wife, Janice, who ran track and was on the high jump, uh, was a high jumper uh, there. And uh, uh, we've got two biological kids and, and three foster kids that we've had for three years, all brothers, kind of kind of cool there. But, um, you know, from there, I worked with the softball team uh, in my off season when I wasn't practicing football. Softball was a family pra- uh, passion with my dad playing and brothers, big family, seven, seven kids, six siblings. And uh, many of us played sports. All of us played sports, actually. Uh, went from there to high school for a stint, small stint, coaching baseball and football, then to William Carey College, a small Baptist school in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, now William Carey University. From there, I went to LSU and from LSU to Baylor. And fortunately, I've been here long enough to raise my family here and have two kids in uh, Baylor. One's a junior, my daughter, JC, speech pathology major, and my son is a freshman on the football team here. Wow. That's that's some winding turns there to end up at Baylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from my research, it looked like you started the program at William Carey. Is that correct? That is. What that what is made true. you this? What made you decide to do that right from the beginning of your coaching career? Well, an opportunity put in front of me. I was actually coaching, as I said, at a high school, my alma mater, and uh, working with a kid that was going to William Carey and. Um, with private lessons, and she said that William Carey's starting a program, and I've recommended you for the job. And they're looking for a coach, so got a call from the AD, and I said, "Well, I'll, I'll talk to him." And uh, one thing led to another, and you know, went over there and uh, accepted the job. So okay. the rest, as they say, is history. But uh, <laughs> an opportunity to, as a single guy, to to run your own program. They gave yeah. me an apartment and a meal ticket. You know, okay. I didn't really care about the salary. I just, uh, I just needed to eat and uh, have a place to sleep, and was doing something I loved doing. So that's, uh, you know, looking back over my career, that's you know, certainly uh, one of my most exciting times of coaching a team that most had never played the sport yeah. at all, and sponges for uh, knowledge and just, uh, you know, not a lot of uh, stress. Uh, we probably created more, but didn't have a lot of stress. Didn't have a family to support, so. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's neat. Um, you then went to LSU, um, and then you became the head coach actually during the postseason, right? Yeah. Most most coaches usually take over a program when the program hasn't done well. <laughs> you took over the program right during postseason at NCAA's, and then two years later you left for Baylor. Right. What what led you to leave LSU and go to Baylor? What was God teaching you, speaking to you at that moment? Yeah, so I grew up about an hour north of Baton Rouge, so many LSU fans, and uh, I had reached uh, the holy ground when I walked on (laughs) campus at LSU as an assistant coach first, uh, pitching coach, and um, was uh, awarded the interim tag for the end of our second season there, and uh, named head coach after that. I stayed two more years. We're fortunate to have some success, and yeah. blessed with some great talent and uh in the in the 
toward the end of the second, my second season as head coach leading the program, I got a call from um, Baylor asking if I would um, entertain the idea of taking over the program here, made some investments. I didn't know, know a whole lot about Baylor. I'd been here once in Waco. Um, and to be quite transparent with you, uh, there had been some promises made at LSU with the SEC kind of getting off the ground that uh, I thought from a business standpoint, it might be a, a good opportunity to light a fire under those promises yeah. that weren't being fulfilled at the time. When I was watching um, Florida and, and Alabama build nice facilities and things like that. So I thought I would entertain it, but I met with a mentor, long story short, uh, who had sent both his children to Baylor and he said that's a good fit for you you need to go over there but you need to go over there not playing the game of trying to get what you want here at LSU you really need to consider it so my wife and I spent some time in prayer um, made the trip over did the interview and uh, spent about six hours on campus within a couple hours we knew this is where we wanted to be and raise our family and um, went back discussed things with LSU and um, yeah we've been here 20 years since then yeah well i from the research i've done it looks like you you have instilled a great culture at baylor i um watch a few videos on you and it always looks like every time you're interacting with the players the players are pretty loose around you and that sometimes usually happens just with the assistant coaches but like the head coach usually the players are a little bit more contained they don't open up as much but it looks like you've gained a lot of trust from your players how how have you been able to instill that into the culture over the last 20 years? Well, it is a challenge. I think it's a yearly challenge. And, you know, I could uh, probably be pretty critical uh, on my staff and myself. I certainly know we could improve in that area and break down some barriers where they feel more free to come in and talk with us. But we sell that in our recruiting. We want it to be a family atmosphere. And, and in order to plant those seeds and and uh, fulfill the uh, Great Commission, as I said earlier, and, and um, enhance the kingdom. Um, we need to have an open door policy here. So we strive for that. Uh, I'm six foot four, 250 pounds. I'm an intimidating person, I'm told, uh, although I don't see myself as that. But I know that that is a barrier that sometimes I think Satan uses against me and uh, not being able to be as open. Um, uh, and be the father figure that I would like to be with my kids. So you've touched on something that is always has always been a challenge to me in order to, you know, get inside the um, personal lives of these kids to be able to console them. I was also a youth minister years ago, uh, back when I was at William Carey. So I've had some, um, you know, I've always had a desire to change some lives and help positively affect uh, and be there for them. So uh, you've hit on something that is really a challenge for me and something that is an ongoing uh, work in my life with our student athletes. But it's certainly a desire that I have uh, with them to be able to break down barriers and be there for them. And I'm seeing a little bit of the fruit of that as I'm, you know, I've gotten older and some of the athletes that I coach come back and need of counseling or just talking or just telling me things that I did during those times that I probably thought I didn't do a good job of it. And I see the, um, the harvest a little bit, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've only been coaching for eight years and now I'm starting to get back a few comments from players yeah. who've graduated. And I think that's what brings me most joy is it making does. an impact in their lives after college, you know, absolutely. 
getting them to trust you. Um, what are some things that other coaches listening to the podcast could do starting tomorrow that would allow them to grow closer to their players that maybe you do or maybe your staff does on a daily or weekly basis? Well, you know, I think most uh, sports psychologists would, would talk about process-oriented compared to outcome, being outcome-oriented. And early on in my career, I was too outcome-oriented, you know, and I, I would um, you know, I think there's a sense of urgency that really was um, a false sense of urgency. And I think investing in the lives uh, of our young people, uh, you know, having more individual meetings and getting to know what's important to them. We do a what's brewing day uh, ever so often. We try to do it during the off season um, every other week and we allow them to speak on what's going on in their lives. And so, so often we get caught up in the pressures, our athletic departments, our society, our fan base puts on us to be successful in the win loss column. When uh, I, I truly believe now that I'm older that that will take care of itself. And if you're doing God's work, he's going to put you where he needs you to be. And, you know, sometimes uh, we are fearful of getting fired or or moved on to another position. And uh, our focus really should be on doing the Lord's work and and allowing him to work through us. And sometimes he, he closes doors and he opens other doors and, um, I think our eyes just need to be focused on him and, uh, you know, put feet to our prayers, make sure that we're doing what we need to do and working hard. But um, at the same time, keep your mind focused on the big picture, which is uh, an eternal value and not uh, an earthly win-loss value. Those things will take care of themselves. Um I truly believe that now. And I didn't see that early on in my career as much as I do now. Yeah. Um, you mentioned success on, in your answer here. Um, I can see a several NCAA trophies behind you there. Um, you've definitely achieved success at Baylor and previously at LSU as well. Um, success according to the outside world, you know, right. just trophies and wins. How do you personally define success? Um, you know, those trophies are recruiting purposes. You know, you don't, we, we, uh, we want an easy road. We want our road to be paved. And, um, um, I believe it was Livingstone that, uh, said, uh, he received a, a missionary that received, he received a letter from some very well-meaning friends when he was, uh, on mission in, in Africa. And, and the, the letter said, um, I have some, help I would like to send you have you found a good road into where you're going and where you are and he said he responded I don't need those that will only come if there's a good road I need those (laughs) that will come if there's no road at all and make a road and pave a road um, for for those to come so I think the um, the success you know is to be determined uh, when we see things like you and I discussed earlier um, how it's affecting people later on as coaches, you know, we're so worried about those things right there when, you know, we need to be worried about the eternal value. As I said earlier, that we're, um, we're gaining, um, through our coaching. And, uh, to me, I, I long to hear the, the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, that's what I'm working for. I have a coach on my staff, Mark Lumley, 
actually just retired last Wednesday that those in the softball world will know. Um, he's been with me since I was at LSU and, uh, he's had to re forced to retire because of health reasons. And, uh, I can tell you one of the things I said in an interview last week is, you know, his, his time here at Baylor is up, but I, I know that he is going to hear the words, uh, well done because it's been a job so well done and with the right things in focus, he's a very unselfish man. And those are the things he's a mentor to me, even though I was considered his boss, I, uh, I think success is uh, putting myself aside, being able to focus on the student athletes and, um, you know, what they, if, if they're able to uh, gain the knowledge of Christ through our program, that's success to me. And, you know, that sounds like the right thing to say if you're a Christian coach, that's a cool thing to say. And, and but, but it's eternal value. We have, uh, you know, the consequences are, are, um, dire uh to not to rejecting christ so we've got a, a small window of opportunity in the lives of these young people and uh, i don't want to fail yeah. i don't want to fail at that if i don't win a national title while i'm here at baylor uh, all those things are fun to look at but we're going to be forgotten my name will be forgotten soon life is like a vapor the bible yeah. tells us so um it'll be forgotten soon i want the eternal rewards yeah well, thanks for sharing your heart. I really appreciate that. Um, you did mention one of your assistant coaches that just retired. The other one, Coach Newman, has been with you for 16 years now, I believe. Um, what, have you, what did you look for on an assistant for an assistant when you were doing those hires early in your tenure at Baylor? Coach Newman would played for me at LSU, and okay. she's, she's a big – part of the reason I have this job here at Baylor because <laughs> of our success and winning a couple of SEC titles there. Um, three time all American. So, you know, if you recruit well, you look like you're a good coach, whether you're not, or whether you are or not, but uh, she joined our staff shortly after we moved here. This is her 17th year. So yes, she's been here 16 years. Um, and the first thing I look for is that we, um, we match up with our faith because we're leading young people. And um, we don't recruit only Christians, yeah. but I do want a staff that a staff of believers that um, certainly, uh, you know, understand the importance of what we're trying to convey in, in our camps and our clinics and our, and our program and just in counseling young people, I think it's vital. And uh, I'm certainly not ashamed to say that I'm a little biased in, in my staff. Um, Obviously, the ability to relate and teach. You know, uh, Coach Newman was a, a national team pitcher and, like I said, a three-time All-American. Um, Coach Lumley was an outstanding hitting coach and uh, relates to young people and a great personality. People fun to be around because you spend a lot of time with them and uh, hard workers that uh, you, you don't have to micromanage to get the job done, just people that love their job and, and want to make a difference. And, you know, we don't agree on everything. I don't want that either. I don't want yeah. yes people. I want to know that they're going to have an opinion and then we can discuss it and come up with what's right for the, for the young people that we coach. Yeah. I think Bill Walsh, the 49ers football coach said, if everyone is thinking alike, then nobody's thinking. <laughs> That's all I, what I get back to. Yeah. Um, in one of the videos I was watching about Baylor softball, there was a, mat, a game early on in the season, maybe a few years ago, and after the game, you guys won, everybody's high-fiving. 
and you said that looked like Baylor softball. Um, you didn't expound, but I'm pretty sure your players knew what that meant. What, what does it mean to the outsiders? What does it mean to look like Baylor so softball? What does, what does that look like? Competing. Uh, take the field hard. Out-hustle, out out-work your opponent. Um, certainly preparation is important to having the ability to do that, but I just uh, a team that physically takes a field with a lot of uh, um, pride in how they look, how they play the game, the respect to the, of, the play, of the game, the respect that Christ has given you the ability to, to even be out on the field no matter what level um, you're playing. If you're in, uh, in this sport, it takes talent. Uh, just to represent those abilities in a way that would be pleasing to God. Well, that's a good answer. I'm taking a lot of notes. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last question for you is you did mention you have two biological kids, now three foster kids with you and wife. How have you been able to balance family and coaching? Because I've been do only doing this for eight years and I know my family struggles when it's in season we're traveling all the time um how do you balance that and maybe what are some tips that you would give a younger coach or even an older coach how to do that better yeah i don't know if i have the uh <laughs> i don't know how if i have the the best answer in the world for that my wife has to be credited with that she is the glue she's uh the rock and uh, she does all the hard work. She says, I come home and stir up the, the family. And, and uh, we love to have a lot of fun. We laugh and cut up. And sometimes it's time to do homework. And I have to um, get reprimanded myself. But, uh, uh, the, you know, I think we make this a family ordeal. You know, my wife, when we first moved here, coordinated our travel. She still does our camp. She's our camp coordinator. So she's very active. Uh, we're a team. Uh, my kids have been involved. They've been raised at a, uh, a stadium. Now my foster kids are kind of experiencing the same thing. Uh, it's a great environment. There's a lot of negative negative things that you can learn things from as well. You know, they we don't always win, and uh, people aren't always nice when we don't win. And players are not always easy to coach. And yeah. and I certainly have made my share of mistakes. So I think watching how you handle that. Um, helps them grow because they're going to make mistakes as well. Um, and I really believe uh, handling your mistakes as a coach is crucial in development of your team and training them to be adults and how to handle things in the real world. I think being able to say, I'm sorry, I made that mistake in front of your team when you know you still push, push hard. Um, when you push hard and you're an aggressive coach, you're going to make in-game mistakes and I think it's okay to say hey I made a mistake there you know but I'm yeah. still going to coach you I'm still going to try to push you to be the, be your best same way with raising a family sometimes you're going to make mistakes and and uh, raising those kids and be willing to sit them down and say hey I made a mistake there um, you know that's going to give you more respect and more credibility whenever um, they're listening to your wisdom and your discernment thank you for uh, sharing that um, you have three foster kids now for three years you said the last three yes. years what what made you decide to take that route with your wife and your family 
uh, just just a, a, a void, a need. Um, you know, these there was a, a just a quick story here that the church reached out to the congregation and um, said there was a single parent that needed a place, and we interviewed and brought them in. And a few minutes, a few uh, months later, uh, the kids were uh, removed and and uh, we offered to take them in temporarily or as long as God needed us to. And, um, you know, we were awarded with the, the kids, the brothers, and uh, it's been a bumpy road at times. It's been times when I felt sorry for myself and my family because it changed the dynamics of our family tremendously. It yeah. tested us, it pushed us to the brink of, uh, you know, frustration and, and uh, many emotions and I felt God one day just hit me with a brick when I was feeling sorry for myself and said, Hey, I've given you a lot more than you need. Um, I need you to take care of three of my kids. And I said, okay, you, you got my attention now. And um, they're tremendous kids. And it's, it's really a blessing to be able to do that because not everyone can, but certainly encourage those that can can do that can foster or just help out in any way with kids. There's a, uh, certainly a breakdown of our family dynamics and structure in our country, and there's a huge need for it. Um, we, we did not realize how large the need was until we started fostering, but I certainly encourage that, and the rewards far outweigh the sacrifices. Coach, thank you so much for taking your time to do this uh, interview. Um, we like to finish with a prayer, and I would like to ask you what is there, is there something that we could be praying for you and moving forward for the season, for your team, for the family? Um, what could we be praying for? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, certainly an honor to do this podcast with you. And um, I just would like to lift up um, Coach Mark Lumley. He is our coach that retired last week due to health re reasons. He's fighting cancer and um, not doing well. So I'd like to uh, ask that you lift him up. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's close it out in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the beautiful day you've created today, Lord. Thank you for Coach Moore. Um, thank you for his leadership at Baylor. Um, thank you for his family, his five kids, his wife. Thank you that you've put him in a position that he can influence young women and his staff for your kingdom on a daily basis. Lord, I'd also like to specifically lift up Coach Lumley. Um, that as he battles cancer, Lord, that your healing hand will be upon him and his family as they go through this tough process. And Lord, uh, help us all to glorify you in everything we do. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow, Chad. I took so many notes during the interview while he was talking. What are some of the things that you took from it? Yeah, so we've we've been able to conduct a, a few of these interviews and, and conversations. I, I've heard a few kind of common themes and, and one that I heard from him was just his humility that he realized that it's not all about himself. He's serving a greater purpose and that's to use his platform to, to share Christ with his players and, and with his community. I also loved hearing him speak so highly of his wife, how she was a rock and so supportive for it to be kind of like a, a family ministry um, that they're serving together. And but what about for you? Yeah, I really liked um, his explanation of what uh, Baylor softball is. Um, I mentioned to him that I, during my research, I saw, I saw him say, that's what softball 
or Baylor softball looks like. And I asked him to explain what that meant. And that was really impactful. Um, I also liked when he opened his heart and uh, talked about um, the three foster kids and how that process went about and what kind of impact that has had in his life. That was uh, pretty neat to, to listen to. Yeah, and um, just hearing his heart for his longtime assistant coach. You know, my my dad has has gone through the ringer with some health issues and battling cancer all multiple times. And so our hearts and our prayers uh, go out to, to their staff and um, that coach. Coach, this is the end of this podcast. If you want to know more about Coach Moore, you can follow him on Twitter at BU Moore. And Coach, remember, your mission field is right where you're at.